to see a a movement take place, a spiritual awakening that, in my opinion, it's a transformation of culture. It's a transformation of the society where one person lives. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Elif and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast. I'm Kyle. This is Bill. We are humbled again to have some more of your time to really lean in and look at revival truths and the the desire for spiritual awakening again in, in our land. And, and we don't take that lightly. So again, thank you for giving us a few moments here. And we've been in an awesome, awesome series yeah. in James 4 where we've looked across the board, man. We, we started weeks ago and have watched this progression toward personal revival, and we're not done yet. Yeah, we aren't, and and Kyle, I love this because uh, it's not giving us, James is not giving us in James 4, and that's what we're studying, uh, just kind of a little one, two, three, four, jump into something so that you can have a little personal revival for a day. Right. He's talking about uh, a pattern for living. Mm-hmm in personal revival mm. and 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 these things are just substantive mm. foundational things that have to be in our life you know and uh today we're kind of making a little turn mm. so we've been talking about how to get right with the lord and then now we're talking about usability usability is important oh man i i can't think of how many times in my life the lord has sh- shown me you know, mm-hmm. if you desire to be used in that way, you have to be willing to let me do this thing. Yeah. In you. In you. And it's for something. Yeah, right. Absolutely. You know, I heard a guy this just last week, he was preaching on Acts 1-8, and he, uh, Jesus said, you shall receive power mm-hmm. and be my witnesses. Mm-hmm. And the guy said, you know, uh, really, uh, he said, if you're not going to witness... You don't need power. Wow. <laughs> you, and so he, James is coming to this in this passage, and and he says, uh, I want you, 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 don't be an enemy of God. Mm-hmm. Get in line with him and his mm-hmm. purposes. And then he talks about how submit to God, mm-hmm. you yield control to him, uh, and you resist the devil. Because when you submit, you just signed up against the enemy and he's coming after you so don't be blindsided by that and but if you resist him he has to flee from you then draw near to the lord the nearness of god is your good so stay snuggled up close to the lord abide in him but when you get into the presence of god you start seeing your sin and so he says cleanse your hands come clean right and then now he's going to take that a little further. Let's say we're we're submitted, we're resisting, we're drawing near, we're coming clean. Now he says, surrender all your plans, all your future, everything to me. And he says it in a fascinating way in verse 13. Listen to these words. He says, come now you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You're you're a vapor. That's what you are. You need to realize your life is like a vapor. You're here for a little while, 
and a vapor vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, here's the way we ought to live. If the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. So I'm drawing near to God. He's cleansed me. I'm prepared. Now what do I do? I, I surrender my plans to Him, right? It, it means I hold everything, my life, my time, my future, my reputation, what people think about me, my health, my money. I hold all of that in my hands if I'm a revived Christian with a loose grip. I know it's not mine. It's all a gift from God. He has the right to do with it and with me anything He desires at any time in any way. I have released the rights. This is what surrender is. I've released the rights to my life, right? Now, listen to the difference between these two men and in, in this passage. One man says, I'm going to go to such and such a city. Another man says, I'll go wherever God wants. One man says, I'm going to spend a year there. Another man says, I'll stay as long as God wants. One man says, I'll engage in a business. Another man says, I'll do whatever God desires. What business, Lord, do you want me to do today? One man says, the unsurrendered man, I'll make a profit. Another man says, if God blesses, I'll make a profit and use it for God's glory. I'm content whether I have little, whether whether I have, whether I have little or whether I have much. There's a difference in a surrendered life. I, uh, maybe one of the greatest illustrations and one of the reasons it's right in the beginning book of the Bible is the story of Joseph. I love this story because Joseph lived a pattern of a surrendered life, right? He was blessed. Uh, God uh, exalted him above his brothers. They hated him for it. Uh, you know the story. They threw him, you know, they sold him into slavery. And, and Joseph just kept walking with God. He was falsely accused and put in prison. Joseph just kept walking with God. Uh, God exalted him to be next to Pharaoh, the most important man in the world. And uh, at the end of that book in Genesis 50, uh, his brothers were so afraid that they were gonna, he was going to take his revenge against them. And he said, I'm not in God's place. Now, that's a great statement. I am not in God's place place. If he wants to put me in a prison for his purposes, I'm good. If he wants to put me in a palace, I'm good. This is why Paul was able to say, I've learned the secret of contentment. I know how to be rich. I know how to have nothing. I love what Paul said one time when he says about these kind of revived Christians having nothing yet possessing everything. <laughs> I just love that because a surrendered man has everything because he has all the riches of God at his disposal and heaven ahead. So uh, what has got to occur for this to happen? Well, let me just say something that sounds bizarre. 
you got to surrender the rights to your physical body to the Lord. Uh, Joseph Sohn was a great man of God. He was in Romania and was one of the men that God used in the great Romanian revival that led to the liberation of Romania from communist rule. Sohn said, I've heard him, I've heard him tell this uh, personally, he said the turn, he was pastor at the church in Aradia, and he said the turn that led to revivals when we began to realize that when Jesus said, take up the cross, it was physical. When he said cross, Peter didn't see a beautiful steeple or a gold pendant on somebody's neck with a diamond in it. It sent a cold chill down his spine. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you have to take up your cross. It meant you have got to surrender the rights to your physical body. And it may mean that you will die for me. So... Uh, they began to do that in Aradia, and suddenly there was an explosion of boldness and witnessing because they didn't care what anybody would do to them. So they took Joseph and they, they beat him, they tortured him, they threw him into prison, and they kept saying, you've got to tell your people to stop. And finally, they laid down the ultimate challenge to Joseph. They said, if Joseph sown, they said, if you don't stop, we're going to kill you. And Joseph Sohn said to them, look, if you kill me, you will take my body and you will spread my blood over all that's happened and it will start a fire raging that you cannot stop. And he said, secondly, if you kill me, I'll go right to heaven and be where I want to be anyway. And uh, so you know what they did with him? They deported him. They sent him to America. You know why? Because what can you do with a man who doesn't care what you do to him? He's absolutely unstoppable. The, the problem with us is we're stoppable. We love our comfort. So when God says, get up at 2 o'clock, we say, no, I, I really need my sleep. We love our money. So when God says, go over there and, and give that guy $1,000, that's, that's all I've got to live on. No, give him $1,000. I'm telling you, it's my money. I'm telling you, I have purposes for you and him. Go give him $1,000. Just do it right now. I won't surrender my rights to my money. I hold on to it. My body, my comfort, my time, my reputation. So the usable man and the revived man has submitted to the Lord and he's resisting the devil and he's drawing near to the Lord. He's cleansing his hands and he's surrendering his life. Lord, if you wanted me to go to such and such a city, I'll go. If you want, if you want in your sovereign plan, if you want to allow me to have cancer and in my suffering, and this is strong, somehow show the world the sufficiency, sufficiency of the grace of God, Lord, I'm willing. Lord, if you want me to be ridiculed, Lord, if you want me to be persecuted, I surrender my rights to you. And this man literally becomes unstoppable. Kyle, I just, uh, these are the heroes of the faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. I was thinking of a statement I heard 
a while back from a guy about surrender because I think we have a wrong perspective of it. You know, surrender is not an uh, an omission of defeat. Surrender is an act of trust. Wow, it's an act of trust. It's yeah. it's it's being able to look at God, going, I trust you. Yeah, I trust you, and and it's trust with uh, perspective. Yeah, that this world is is a minute. It's it's a vapor. It's here, it's a mist. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. And you know, I, I one time when the Lord was taking me through a really tough, one of the toughest things maybe I'll ever go through in my life. And I got upset with the Lord. I was really upset that He would allow this. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I deserved it. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't see how it could possibly serve any good purpose. Mm-hmm. And finally, under a cottonwood tree, mm-hmm. I I surrendered. Mm-hmm. And and the Lord just ministered to me, and I just kind of relaxed my hands. And I, I I said I accepted the circumstance. But as I've thought about it through the years, I, I really realized what I was doing was embracing the sovereignty of God. Oh, wow. I was just saying, God, you, you have a right to do whatever you want to with my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's surrendering those rights is mm-hmm. saying, God, I trust you, and I live for your yeah. pleasure. Yeah. I live for your glory. If you if you want me, I, I had a little stroke uh, not too long ago, and mm-hmm. I lost my speech temporarily. Mm-hmm. And I remember as they were wheeling me into the CAT scan, and mm-hmm. I couldn't talk right. Uh, I just thought, Lord, I've been talking for seventy years, <laughs> and if if you don't want me to ever say another word, mm-hmm. that's your prerogative, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I surrender the right. I, mm-hmm. You know, there was a little song that we learned during the Jesus movement, mm-hmm. and uh, the words were, "If I live, we'll praise the Lord; if I die, we'll praise the Lord; mm-hmm. <laughs> if I live or die, my only cry will be, Jesus in me, praise the Lord." Amen. Amen. What a what a song to sing! You know, we try to do this each podcast where we embrace the moment here at the end and say, hey, let's just don't hear stuff. (laughs) Let's apply it through prayer. Let's pray it all the way in. And so I I want us to do that. I'm going to encourage our listeners, and I'm going to kick it to you in just a second, Bill, to pray it. Um, But just just do this. No matter where you are, you might be driving down the road. But let's, let's go into the closet of our heart. Shut the door behind us that through the finished work of Jesus, find ourselves in the presence of the Father where uh, there's the opportunity for a fresh surrender. Now that we're there, let's pray this way. So would you look at your life, and I wonder, would you surrender the right the rights to your physical body. I mean, literally, Lord, here are my hands. Here's my mouth. Here are my eyes, what I watch. Here are my ears, what I listen to. Here's my mouth, what goes into my mouth and what comes out of my mouth. And... uh Would you right now, in prayer, 
Just say, Lord, I give you the right to do whatever you want to with my body. It's yours for your use. Just tell him that. Would you think for just a moment about your possessions? Everything that you have right now and everything that you will have. Would you remember that every gift comes from above? It came from him. It's all going back to him. You came into this world naked. You're going out with nothing physically. So would you take your hands off your possessions and just surrender them to the Lord? Lord, here's, here are my shotguns. Here's my car. Here's my home. Here's my bank account. Here's my retirement. Here's my savings. Just give it all to the Lord. Just surrender it to the Lord. Would you take all of your relationships and what people think about you and just surrender them? Or if people love me, if people hate me, if I have a million relationships, or if mother and father forsake me, I know you will take me up. So I just surrender that all to you. And my life is at your disposal. And I wonder if you'd pray this prayer. Lord, use me. In suffering, in difficulty, in hardship, in joy or in pain, in good or in bad. I accept the circumstances and embrace your sovereignty over my life. And I wonder if you just pray this prayer right there where you are. Just say this to the Lord. If I live, just tell him, if I live, we'll praise the Lord. If I die, we'll praise the Lord. If I live or die, my only cry will be, Jesus in me, praise the Lord. So, Father, we give ourselves afresh to you right now in this moment. And we thank you that we are yours and you are ours. And uh, we thank you for the joy of fresh surrender to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, I believe we walked into a moment uh, right there with the Lord. And I know what happens when I find myself in a moment, I need to give him some more time. <laughs> so I would strongly encourage you to not move past this moment uh, and let God continue to massage into you those things that he's saying uh, to you. As always, we're grateful for your time. If it, if it was an encouragement to you, I bet it would be an encouragement to others. Send it to somebody. And as always, we want to hear some truths and also hear a testimony. So let's listen to that right now. I wanted to take a moment today and introduce you to a, a brand new 
staff member of OneCry. As you know, most of OneCry staff just volunteer or raise our support as missionaries. And uh, coming off uh, from Southeast Asia as a missionary, well, I won't tell the story. I'm going to let Greg Bruckert, you tell the story. And uh, you uh, are now home off the mission field. And you are, uh, yeah, you're starting to plug in with OneCry for a brand new area of uh, really somebody full-time advancing this mission and this message overseas in places like Asia, Southeast Asia. So, Greg, you have a wife, Shelly. Tell us, who are you? And, uh, yeah, what have you been doing these past years? Well, we were appointed by the IMB in 1985. We actually went to the field in 1986 and uh, served in Southeast Asia for 37 years. So we just got home from the country where we served and uh, just had uh, all kinds of interesting experiences. It was an adventure, but you know, the Lord blessed and uh, has given us both health and we wanna use our remaining time here on earth to bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus and, uh, and to see revival come to, not only to the country where I serve, but also to the United States. Yeah, well, and I've sensed this passion in your heart and in Shelley's, Greg. You guys have just, this is something that's burning in you. And how did you become aware, not that I don't know, but I really want our friends to know, how you became aware of One Cry. It was during COVID, I believe. Just give a quick little backdrop of uh, your connection. Well, what happened was when the COVID hit in uh, 2020 in May, we started a uh, one cry uh, emphasis in the country where I serve, and we brought all of our IMB uh, missionaries to pray together every Saturday night. And simultaneously with that, with our national conventions uh, in the uh, country that we serve, we used that to start a one cry emphasis, and it's still going on. And uh, one of the things that inspired me to do that was in 2020, December, uh, I lost my brother to COVID and I came uh, from uh, Georgia. We were staying at a house in Georgia and came up to Louisville for his funeral. And I remember uh, talk, hearing you guys talk about having a one cry emphasis in India. And you all were planning that. And I think it was uh, you, Byron, and also Sammy Tippett that were going to preach to some Indian pastors there. And I got thinking, wouldn't that be great? to do something like that in the country where I served for so many years. And because our national conventions there so desperately need revival and, and that spiritual awakening to happen. And uh, so we did that. We started that actually in February of 2021. And that was our first broadcast. And you were so gracious in helping us to get uh, speakers lined up all throughout that year and even the following year, 2022. And I think you still can continue to do that for us. But uh, one of the things that has happened since that is that we started a One Cry emphasis with them using that brand, One Cry, for their own country. And we also opened one up in One Cry Thailand. And I'm talking to one of our personnel that serve in the Philippines, and he's interested in starting a One Cry emphasis with the national conventions and with some of the personnel from the IMB in the Philippines as well. So I'm excited about that. 
Wow, great. I am really excited about that. And you, and you know, we have One Cry India, One Cry Thailand, and uh, South Korea has a One Cry movement going. And the country that we're not naming that you have spent all those years and even decades, uh, incredible impact uh, country, uh, influential country in the world, and even talk of Singapore and other places. So as you come off the field, there's a real sense in which God has built a highway for you with how God has used one cry in that country. And, and it's continuing under new leadership that you discipled and you've trained. And now it can go beyond. And that's what excites us. And I, I believe really excites uh, the friends and partners of, of the one cry uh, movement. So, wow, you are beginning officially, uh, basically right now. <laughs> And uh, we're working together. We're reviewing as a leadership team with you here in an annual retreat shortly and um, what that strategy is really going to look like. And uh, I, I just kind of give us a picture of what this could be in the years to come, Greg. And then I just want our friends and family to be praying with you and Shelly as you embark upon this new venture with One Cry and that they would also just be praying for the larger movement globally. But hey, let's just let's just say what two years from now, three years from now. I mean, God's moving, as you know, here in Asbury. It's uh, a fuel, a flame. It's a story that God's using. Uh, what's on your heart for the future? Yeah, what's on my heart is to see God continue to move in uh, in great ways and see some stirrings going on in other campuses and excited about what's happening in Norman, Oklahoma uh, tomorrow and to see how God is going to use that. And uh, we also have a, a burden to see God moving in universities across uh, the country where we served in Southeast Asia and see many movements take place there. And we're continuing to pray for that. And uh, one of the things that's interesting, you know, uh, you know, Godwin, and we've uh, gotten pretty close with him. He's going to be the speaker for our uh, One Cry for Our Country coming up on Tuesday. And we got somebody lined up to translate for him. So we're looking forward to hearing from him. And uh, I want our uh, national believers uh, to hear from his heart and to, and to hear how God is using him in India and uh, just doing things like that. You know, uh, you always talk about relationships. And that God works through relationships and connections. And, you know, that's how I, I see him working in all of this. The, just this morning, I got a uh, I got an SMS or a, a message on WhatsApp from one of our um, workers in the country where I serve. And she's a leader of a mission sending organization that sends out not only missionaries to unreached people groups in our own country, but also sends them overseas. And most of the overseas personnel uh, serve in the Middle East. And you don't, I don't have to tell you what would be the major and the main religion in those countries. You would probably already guess. But uh, my vision is to connect with her and look, because what she wants us to do is to mentor. She used the word mentor. And uh, it means the same thing in English as it does in her language. And I know what I think I know what she's wanting us to do, but I'm going to elaborate with her more on Monday. But I could see us branching out to other countries and other areas of the world, including the Middle East and uh, seeing what's going on in places like the Sudan 
where you got a lot of refugees coming out of there right now because of the persecution and the civil war that's going on. Persecution uh, that is being experienced by so many Christians in that country. And how can we help? How can we even use the one brand uh, or the one cry brand to help uh, mobilize believers from countries like that to pray for revival for uh, believers in a country like that that's undergoing persecution, not unlike what's going on in Iran. And in Iran, a uh, predominantly Muslim country, in fact, it's under Sharia law, but they're experiencing revival right now. And that's an amazing thing. So uh, who knows how God can use uh, the One Cry brand to bring together God's people to pray for revival. That's the first step. And then to see if God God wills to open up those doors to see a, a movement take place, a spiritual awakening that, in my opinion, it's a transformation of culture. It's a transformation of the society where one person lives. So that's kind of my vision for uh, One Cry and how I can help internationally. Hey, we'd like to take a moment and really encourage you to go to the website at onecry.com. And when you go to the website, take some time to navigate there and you'll find resources that can really help you in your pursuit of revival and spiritual awakening. Some of those things, Bill would never say this, but I can say about him, God has used Bill in a mighty way to write some resources that can really help you. There's the One Cry book that he wrote with Byron that's fantastic and some other books there that you can find. And also there's journeys that'll help give you prompts and practical ways to walk in greater intimacy with God. So I just want to encourage you today, take some time at onecry.com, navigate and, and find some ways to help foster your relationship with God through these powerful resources. Go check it out.